During lockdown, I've been recording a series of conversations with a range of people discussing their journeys and life in 2020. The discussions have formed my new podcast series, Pearl Conversations. Joining me for this week's episode is my cousin and Bath rugby player, Benno Abana. We caught up in May to discuss our upbringings, making it in rugby and what the future holds. Make sure you leave your questions and thoughts in the podcast reviews. Ben Obano, what's happening? How are you, bro? Well done, bro. I'm nice, I'm nice, I'm nice. I'm nice. How have you been keeping? How's your isolation, your lockdown period going? Yeah, like, people ask me that. You know when bad people keep asking you that question and, like, you kind of develop, like, a standard answer? <laughs> um, my tranquility is peaceful here, fam. Like, I'm, I'm at peace with the world currently in, in isolation, bro. You look like a guy who, who likes their, like, peace, but you're also, you're also like, you're a social guy. You're, yeah. you're, you're a man I'm of the ambivert. people. I'm an ambivert. That's what they're called. Everything is, like... I, I did. I did like look into it because like some people are like, oh, I feel extroverted at times. I feel introverted at times, and then I just decided it's, I'm an ambivert, so I'm like stuck in the middle. I have like tendencies of both, I guess. You know. Um. So, so for those who don't know, you're my cousin. Uh, our fathers are both brothers. Uh, we pretty much grew up together. Different sides of London. I'm north, yeah, I grew up north on the south. The real side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I grew up in a nice suburb, northern suburb of London, and you grew up in South, the busy South. Um, what your experiences of growing up, like first of all in a Nigerian household, but also in in London. Um, first of all, in like Nigerian household, like. It's just like, <laughs> I feel like you grow up and things don't make sense. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. You grow up and things don't make sense. They say, nah, you can't do something, but don't explain why you can't do it. So um, uh, they tell you, you can't shake with your left hand, but you don't know why you can't shake with oh. your left hand. They tell you it's rude. I'm like, big man, like, how is that rude? So, um, I don't know. I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Like, um, you, just, you just have to, it's hard to pick up culture and you just do with time. And like, I think it's all like embedded. Um, it all comes from like a good place, um, which I think is quite, it's quite cool. And as you get older, you realize why they did things a certain way. And like, even like smacking and like, and like to this day, I, I'm a, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm an advocate for it, but I, I don't <laughs> I don't mind it as much as other people do. I yeah. see some videos and people complain about it, but to me, it's not that. I don't feel the same way about it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I actually wouldn't change much. I feel like it's so character building. Yeah, I, I, um, I loved, I, I love, I love like the upbringing that, that we both had, like mm. Nigerians. And I think it, reflects onto how I see the world today like mm. massive on respect like any utterance of like something that even can be perceived as disrespect <laughs> even if it's not disrespect if it can be perceived as disrespect it turns into a big deal but how like obviously we're both in the same boat and we're probably for the like for all like first generation um Nigerian British guys are all probably in the same boat 
exactly. But like, how did you find like navigating? Like, obviously, you grew up in a household that was extremely Nigerian. Then, obviously, you're in Britain, so it's two different, two different cultures, two different like worlds almost that you have to operate in. Well, I find it like I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's probably why I got into um, a lot of trouble like when I was younger. What at home or at school? I got I got in more trouble at school than I did at home, um, and like, and it's a weird one because like, it, it seems as if no one can explain to you as to why you have to behave in a certain way. It's just like don't behave that way, and I my brain was never my brain's never been wired to be like do something and just do it for the sake of doing it because I told you to do it, and I think I've had that from a young age. So like, if someone could explain something to me, I was then able to do it. Mm. Um, and if I did something it was like I didn't think it was wrong so if I didn't think it was wrong you have to explain to me why it's wrong if you understand what I mean like so obviously like you and I we both grew up together um, we spent a lot of time together pretty much every Christmas birthdays our birthdays are very close to one another and we also went on like family holidays together both as uh, children and the uh, one as an adult but slept in the same bed you know <laughs> I won't even tell you you slept in that bed but you slept in the same bed Sorry, that's a private joke private joke <laughs> um, but yeah so what like how do you look back on uh, do you remember the holidays we went on to and if so like what what do you what do you reminisce about them you know I actually don't remember them like you don't. Don't. I genuinely don't, bro. Do you do you remember do you remember when we went to Asterix Nobelix? You don't. Nah. <laughs> how old how old must we have been when oh we went? Oh my god, I think maybe like six maybe. Yeah, young. my mind is hazy before the age of eight. <laughs> genuine, genuine. Before the age of eight, my mind is hazy, bro. I don't even remember. I see pictures and stuff and I'm like, where was that? Uh, did we go to France? We did, yeah. It was in France. Yeah, I remember France. I remember yeah, France. Yeah, yeah. I remember France. Um, we kind of were separate though in France, and we came yeah. together at times. Um, so I remember France, but yeah, that's it. That's the only one. I, that's the only one I really remember. And how? What? What? What would you say? Like the impact we, we mentioned briefly about like culture and family. Like, what would you say the impact both your parents have had on you? Not necessarily either professional athlete but more as as a person like how do you think they've shaped you i think like discipline i think um i think one so one i was actually thinking about this the other day like so when i was real young um i didn't want to swim <laughs> I, I really really like, i know you can't swim in that <laughs> i did i didn't want to swim like so my mom would take me to these things, like, and I wouldn't swim. Like, I'd just cry and get out of the water. And I had asthma at the time, and I'd just go into, like, a big, like, asthma panic attack and be crying. My mom's like, big man, you're going to have to learn how to swim because it's a life skill. At some point, you're going to need it. Um, and they just kept me in the water, and I, I swam. And now I'm, like, a very good swimmer. I, I went and did a few competitions and that. And then what I realized is that, like, I still think about it to this day, like, 
and even in rugby, you see it like, or careers, you see it, it's sort of like, there gets a point where it's really tough. And if you just persevere with it, like, you'll be okay. Mm. Like, if you're just disciplined and you persevere with something that you know is a good idea, but it becomes hard in the middle bits. If you just persevere, when you get to the end, you'll be grateful for it. So that's, um, that's probably, yeah, the biggest thing. And like, obviously, like, both your parents are like two of my favorite aunties and uncles respectively so i know them really well like how and but they have very different personalities like <laughs> extremely different personalities they're both like amazing people but very different personalities like how would you describe their personalities and how would it how do you think they've impacted on you so like, they weren't that different when I, I first started, I think, because when I first, like, when, well, when I say first started, when I, when I was younger, just because they were both just really tough, like, like, super tough. Like, you couldn't, you see how some people are like, ah, oh, like, you ask your mum, and then she says no, and then you go to your dad, and he says yes, or vice versa. They both say no. Like, you know what I mean? They were, they were both tough. Um, but, uh my dad, because he came to the UK, obviously, earlier than my mum did, he was able to understand things a bit more, I think. Mm. So as I got to teenage years, he, he had a little bit more leeway than, say, my mum did. And I felt my dad developed in that sort of sense um, as, like, a father. Um, whilst my mum always stayed tough and I, um, always stayed quite tough throughout as long as I can remember, like, <laughs> Tedrick getting kicked out of the house and stuff, like, <laughs> tough, tough, until this day, she's tough. But she, um, I'd say she has, like, a, she has, like, a caring factor, so she's, like, yeah. really caring. So, like, her toughness is because she cares so much, if you understand what I mean, and you don't realise that when you're younger, but as you get older, you tend to value it even more. So, um, yeah, that's it, really. And the relationship that you have with them now compared to back then like how has the relationship evolved over time oh i have an amazing relationship with my parents now that's solely because i think this is this is like a huge factor is the fact that i moved out when i was 18 basically so yeah. i never i never lived at home for a prolonged period of time after 18 so obviously i went to wasps um and then was at the at the uni at the time and then i would go from the uni to wasps uni to wasps so I was there, and then after that year, I then moved to Bath. I would still go home on weekends and try to go home in any off period I had, but I didn't stay at home. So then our relationship just became, like, such a... We only ever talk about, like, good things. Like, you never, like, often parents, like, adult, adult parent relationships deteriorate because you just get annoyed by each other. Um, and I never got to that point with my parents um because i moved out so young um I, yeah i didn't spend so yeah I, I say we have like a great relationship i talk to my mum like probably three four times a week my dad probably a little bit less but um yeah uh, an amazing relationship and even talking about like we'll touch on rugby for a bit so now you've established established yourself as a proper professional athlete professional one Go on, let's not even just pull it. I wish you could, I wish you could just pull it up, like. <laughs> um, people, like, obviously, people in the city of Bath, they, they know who you are, know, know what you're about, etc., etc. 
Um, but your journey to get here has not been straightforward at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you touch a little bit on that, like your journey from from schoolboy to where you are now? Because that schoolboy, like, I was popping. <laughs> I was popping. You were that guy at school. I was the guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like uh, yeah, schoolboy, I was I was doing I was doing my thing. It's your boy, Matt Davis, bro. It's his <laughs> let me not even start. Let me start from the jump, innit? So so <laughs> schoolboy, I was doing bits and like obviously under 16s came. Um and I was playing, I was playing for my the first 15 at the time. I was 16, so I was still in like year 11 playing for the first 15. And like in like the last minute of the game, I went for like a jackal and the ground's just gone underneath me and I've done the splits and I've torn my hamstring. How old are you at this point? 16 or 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then I've, I've done my hamstring. Next thing I know, like I had wasps training in that afternoon. So I've traveled all the way to wasps now and I've gone to the women like, bro, like, I don't think my hamstring is good. Um, and obviously at the time, you don't know anything about injuries. I was just thinking, oh, like I pulled it. You know when you hear pulled hamstring, like you yeah. hear that on TV. So I just thought it was okay, and I'll be back in like a week or two. Um, this woman now, um, this woman, let me not even say her name. Uh, just like rehabbed it one kind of janky way, and obviously my my hamstring's never been the same since. Um, till today, he, till the till till this day, till this like running session I did this morning. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it's never been the same since. So I, I've obviously gone and seen this woman, and then my dad had to. My dad never came to pick me up from training. I would always travel back from West London to South East London after all my after all my rugby sessions. My dad had to come pick me up because I couldn't do it because of my leg. So these times now, um, we start rehabbing, and they tell England 16s I had to miss the the regional stages, and then they put me straight through to the the camp. So they put me straight through to the England 16s camp, like, because you know they've got the team picked in the head from time. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool, Benz, you're going to play. I get out there now. You know the doc, fam? You see the tall doc with the black hair, England doc? Mm. He was a doc at England 16s at the time. I remember mm. that. And then I, was, I went out, did like a running session. The hamstring was janky. I couldn't run at all. Um, but I, I just tried. And then they were like, you're not good enough. Like, you're not in position enough to play these games for England 16s. And I was like, okay, um, what's the deal? And they're like, we're going to have to send you home. So I got there first day, they sent me home after that like fitness test. And I was just there thinking, oh my God, like, this is tight. This was the first, this was the first, <laughs> this was the first obstacle on the, on the spiral of events. And then obviously um, I get a scholarship to Dulwich so then after that, I, got, I get the scholarship to Dulwich. I missed out on England 16s. I think, okay, whatever, in it, You'll play England 18s. So boom, here it goes. And then Waltz and Fletcher are like, okay, cool, bring him through to England 18s. So I did like a little bit of England 18s. Um, but he, they wanted me to play hooker. Um, <laughs> they wanted me to play hooker. And like, big man, like, there's more to playing hooker than just like the way you look. You have to be able to throw and God knows, God knows, and everyone that played no. 18th with me knows no. I could not throw to no. save my life. 
You were a whack cooker, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in the line out and like you Did tried you to throw you tried to throw the ball. I jumped in the air, you tried to throw the ball. It flipped and nearly hit the scrum half. Like <laughs> it wait, was, bro. There was one game, bro. There was one game I played for the 18s. Oh my god. Big man, I could have been if I knew what depression was back then, I would have been depressed. <laughs> they were, they made me play hooker and I was throwing and They'd be line out after line out, and I'd miss line out after line out after line out. <laughs> and, and people on the sidelines would be like, people on the sidelines were like, um, come on, Ben, you can make this one. Da, da, da. I'd miss it. <laughs> and, then, and, to, and I knew how bad it was. And the issue is, I could never, I couldn't improve it because you put me in a situation where I wasn't good enough at something. And now you expect me to find the answer. Like, I'm not going to find the answer on how to throw in like this position right now so anyway but in, uh, that, in that time you at Dulwich you guys won back to back yeah we were doing bits at school yeah so in terms, of, like, in terms of setting the scene like at schoolboy, like 16 17 18 when you were there like you were like you're like in, on, on the like daily mail club circuit you were that guy you were like Dulwich was that team they were by far the best school team around at the time. Um, you, you used to talk a whole lot of crud to me about about Dulwich and how good <laughs> you guys were, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you've gone from, like, Premier first first 15 player um, on the brink of, like, England 18s. Um, you get your professional contract with Wasps. Then, then what happens thereafter? Then, then um, the season. So I obviously played so much rugby for my 18s. I hadn't, I hadn't really stopped playing rugby. Um, and I played a lot of it in those, those final two years at school. I had this like back issue. Um, I had this back issue that was just affecting me. So when I went to WAS and I signed, they signed me on a contract. Uh, it's a terrible contract now in hindsight. But I signed it because whatever. So I went to Was, and then they they eventually because Was were bust back then as well, so they they didn't have a lot of money back then as well. So they didn't really ensure they well, not really they didn't ensure academy players. Yeah. So they had to pay out of like a pot or some pot to get me a scan for my back. So I went for like a a scan on my back, um, and they said my back was fractured. Um, and I was like, oh wow. So then obviously I missed. The rehab wasn't great, and then I missed like the majority of the season. Didn't get to play while well, you man are winning out the twenties out there. I'm out here just um, trying to learn how to run again properly. And then, and this all happened at 19. I don't think people understand like when you're 19, 18, 19, you can't fully comprehend injuries and what it takes to return from them. But anyway, that happened, and then it comes to the end of the season. Matt Davis is like, okay, we'll keep you on here. We won't pay you. And you can go on loan to Rosalind Park and you can train here. I was like, big man, I'm not doing that. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to university. Then my agent at the time, fair play to him, Reese Davis, I'll shout you out. Um, fair play to He was like, okay, you can go to uni or you can go and play this game for Bath in like the A-League um, against like the United Services or something like that. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go do that. Um, so I went and trained with Bath for like a week and then went and played in that game and lasted 18 minutes. 
They dragged me off after 18 months. Oh my god. Well, I hadn't played any rugby the whole year. These were like, go play. I was like, all right, cool. I must have been about 120, 125, 126 kilos. Like, all right, cool, go play. My cars were like, nah, big man, you ain't running. <laughs> <laughs> so then that that stopped. Um, that, that happened. And they were like, if you played well, you get a contract. And obviously, they didn't happen. But then Mike Ford, fair play to him, and I still love him for it to this day, said, okay, if you can come do the preseason, we'll give you a contract at the end of it. And I was like, okay, worst case scenario, I, they don't give me a contract. I just go to university as I was going to do. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, fuck it. Let me go and do this preseason, the hardest preseason I've ever done in my life. Um, I just wasn't prepared for it. So I did this preseason. They gave me a contract. I went on loan to Coventry, played, played well. They gave me another three-year contract on top of that. Then the following year, I played a few more games. A long, like, played one game in the Premiership, which then put me in a different mind. Like, in in reference to coaches, they looked at me a little bit differently after that game. Yeah. Um, and then the year after that, Toddy came in. That first year, I just sat on the bench all the time. Then the year after that was the the season that I then. Yeah, I did my team. Yeah. So you broke through, you became a regular Bath player, um, first team player, like you're doing your thing, winning awards, doing all that kind of stuff. Then uh, you continue to progress on the brink of England. Then you get called up to camp and you get injured again. Do you know what? Do you know what the maddest thing is? We can even rewind that. Because remember when I did that January camp with you? Yeah. So we did that January camp on that Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Hey, so we would, then we had Portugal like two, like two weeks afterwards, maybe. So I'm, I'm told like, okay, so I'm probably going to Portugal now. Do you remember what happened? In training for Bath, I was, we trained at Milford School. I don't know why, but we trained at Milford School. I'm holding a pad and, or I go and tackle a pad. And as I fall, my knees are blocked. Like I wasn't in pain or anything. And then I get pulled out of that. And I remember Joe Marler was injured. Genji was, um, Joe Marler was suspended. Genji was injured. And I was supposed to go to Portugal um, after that. And then hopefully play in the Six Nations at this point. Um, and then that didn't happen. And then that camp came in the arc at the end of the season um, where I played, uh, where I trained and I hurt my knee. And then... I tore every ligament in my knee, which was which is a, a tough time too. But in a weird way, going through the experiences you experienced with your back, um, going through the experience you experienced with other setbacks you've had earlier on, did that put you in a good mindset with your with with, with this knee injury that this new knee injury that you now have, or was your mindset like completely like just all over the place? I don't know, like, when... My, my mindset's always been like, <clears throat> Ben, <laughs> I don't even know if I should say this on a, on a podcast that's going to go to hundreds of thousands of people. Well, but my mindset's always been like, Ben's, you were chosen. I feel like you were chosen to be sick at rugby. Because, like, like, really and truly, I did not... I, sh- I shouldn't be playing rugby. Like, it was not... It was not I, d- I didn't ever think that I was here to play... Like growing up from the ages of zero to 
11, I would not even have thought about rugby whatsoever. Mm. Um, so, like, when there's opportunities to do well, I'm like, Ben's, like, I feel like God said, Ben's, go and play rugby and be really good at it. So when these things happen, I just think they're like, they're just like, it's just the due process because this is what you're meant to be doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's just like part of what you're supposed to be doing because God has said that's what you're supposed to be doing. So, uh, yeah. So how did you find the rehab process and getting back to like full fitness? Because a lot of people like that, wiping your knee out, doing every ligament, every, I don't even know what else is in there, but like wiping your knee out, making the whole knee like messed up is a big injury. It's like, and some people are never get restored back to their previous form after that. So what were the steps that you took to make sure that you got back? So you know what, it was just like, I didn't, because of my hamstring, I never ever trusted I don't trust physios that much. Um, so I don't trust their, like, what they say. But I have a good friend of mine called Kia Wenham Flat. He works in, like, uh, national, um, um, in football now in America, um, in college football. And if I had an issue, I would always call him. Um, and I think that was important. So the, the physios would suggest something, and I'd call people to make sure what I'm doing is correct. Yeah. And then all you have to... All you have to do is make a good plan and just stick at it and be consistent with it. And that's basically what I did. I just, I just trusted the people that I knew um, and the physios that I knew that I trusted, not just the club physios, and basically created a plan with them and then followed that. I remember I'd get into so many arguments with my physio because they told me to do stuff I would refuse to do. But um, it'll work. I got back in nine months, innit? So... Um, but yeah, it's all about. I always think like taking control of your career is one of the most important things you can do. Mm. Like whether it's on on the pitch, obviously, but as well as like off it in terms of training, in terms of like how you go about your business, like all those things are so important. So obviously, there's there's Steve uh, Victor Bogu, there's Steve Ajomo, there's there's uh Topsy, there's Ugo, there's Anthony, there's myself. Like, explain a little bit about your ambitions to play for England and the reasons why. Um, you know, like when when I first ever thought about playing rugby, I just it wasn't it wasn't so much to do with the game of rugby. Um, I think my parents instilled in me that like you have to try and be the best at what you do. So, like, you come home and you've got a B, they're like, why didn't you get an A? Um, You come home and get an A, they're like, why didn't you get an A star? So I think that's always been in my my thought process. Um, So to play for England is the highest, is one of the highest honours. Therefore, why aren't you playing for England, friends? Um, And your cousin's playing for England, your closest friends are playing for England and big man, you're not playing for England. So it sort of weighs on me quite a bit that like, I have to try and achieve that in order, in order essentially to be a success. Like, um, it's, it's quite an important thing in my, in my life and in my mind that it's something I have to achieve or well, otherwise, otherwise all, 
not all the hard work has gone to waste because you want to be where you are. But I just feel that I wouldn't have succeeded in what I attempted to do and achieve throughout my life. And you will achieve that goal in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> you, as we've mentioned, are from South London. Now you're in Bath. Like, <laughs> how does that dynamic work? Like, do you like life in Bath? Do you enjoy it? Is Bath where you see yourself long term? <laughs> Do I see myself involved? Like, uh, big... <laughs> Bro, um, well, it's been like it's been um, six six years. So it was an adjusting period. So like, remember that first season I talked to you about that preseason? I lived at the, the training ground and would just come home every weekend, come home every weekend, come home every weekend. Then I lived with Nick Waterack, would come home every weekend, and then same when I lived with Anthony quite a bit, I'd come home quite a lot. Um, and then now when I got my own places I started to just stay here a little bit more um, and like it's peaceful bro like I, I, it's actually nice to get out the ends like when I drive back I enjoy it so much bro like I, I enjoy it even more but like I do like the, the balance between the two of having my own place here and bath away from people and then going back to London and seeing all my people them and having a good time with all them. So I, I feel like it's a great balance. Like, and one great thing about living in Bath and there's just no distractions for me. Like, it's just yeah, rugby, rugby, rugby. If I lived in London with all the man them and, and all the distractions that are there, it's just, it's just a problem. So yeah. in Bath out here, it's just nice and peaceful and I don't have to worry about all of that. So what do you do in Bath? Like, what do you do? Well, like day to day. Yeah, like... When you're not training, like what do you actually do? What's there to do apart from drink coffee and and walk? Oh, like I don't like you have to bear in mind, like I could be anywhere, but um, it's my home is what I enjoy. Like I set up my house in a way that I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I don't. Anyone that lives in Bath or anyone that plays for Bath knows I don't really link up with the man with the Bath players as much. Um, just because I enjoy my own company in my own home. Um. I just, I like to do a lot of thinking, a lot of watching. Um, yeah, I just like to be in my own thoughts quite a bit. Yeah, fair enough. Bath yeah. is uh, it's definitely an interesting place. Going back to rugby a bit, I always find it interesting because I know from my personal experience, there was when I started training with Saracens, there were certain players that like showed me that where I was wasn't the level that I needed to be. I remember it was probably my first preseason, and I think we we're just doing like I think it was it wasn't even a full contact drill. I think it was just like shoulders on max, or uh, if not touch. And I got the ball off nine, and Jack Berger literally on on like on a sh- like hands on kind of game. Jack Berger literally cut me in half. Oh, I never felt like I never felt that heat before. Or I remember my first time doing the line-out practice, like going in and at schoolboy, I was, I was the man at line-outs. No one could jump. <laughs> no one could jump like me. No one, could, no one could do anything. So I remember going in, the first, um, the first line-out practice, I went in, I was like, oh, this is all, all like, this is awesome. I can show these guys what I'm about to do straight away. Um, then 
I started jumping, these like men were throwing me up in the air. My shape was going. Like I was trying to like steal board off like Steve Borthwick, George Cruz. I was getting nowhere near them. And at that time, it made me realize that like where I was at the time is nowhere near the level that I need to be to be the type of player that I want to be. So were there any moments like that where you got into the environment and you realized that where you are now is not where you need to be? Oh, bro, straight away. Like, straight away, bro. Because I couldn't... I lasted 18 minutes. I couldn't run. Like, <laughs> it was never, like it's never, it was never ever a physical thing for me. Like, I, I step in the gym. Man, them know about me, you know? Man, man know about me in the gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? I step in the gym. I step, like, full contact. People know about me. But, like, if you could do it, like, once, like... You're a waste of space, big man. The game's 80 minutes. Like, that that was really, the, that's always been the biggest issue and it's even something I need to improve on now. Yeah. Uh, that and the scrum. Boy, schoolboy scrum does not prepare you for professional scrum whatsoever. Like, um, there's times, the yellow cards that I've got in A-League, when these guys have just written man off. Like, you just have to go, I, I don't know any prop who hasn't gone through that period at which they just get bummed. Who, who were the guys that, like, showed you that you weren't there? Like, who are the guys that, like... Do you know what? It's not even, like, popping tight heads. Like, no, I'm not even talking, like, tight heads who are, like, we, we're now going to be renowned about. But they have, a, they have a fixed place in my mind. And if I catch them again, they arms out. It is arms out. There's one called um, Alex Brown. No one will know him. No one will, actually... Couple extra boys around here, don't know him. Yeah, I love him. So Alex Brown used to do me dirty. <laughs> and if, if in fairness, he was a Dulwich boy as well, imagine. Yeah. Um, but he was obviously a few years older and he just they just used to write me off, bro. And even like there was a couple times, so that year in 2015 when they had that World Cup, we had to pay this like round robin like sort of competition where we had Exeter, Gloucester. Someone else, I can't even remember who the other team were. But Paul Doran Jones did me dirty a couple of times as well. Um, and yeah, so the, back, back then it was tough. Like, and you just have to learn quickly. If you, if you want to be good, you just have to learn, innit? So thank God I did. And how have you found like navigating a space where, like, for you and I, like rugby has never really been like when we were growing up, like as you said, from the from when we were born to when we went to secondary school. Before then, rugby was never really was never really a thing for us. Like coming from a Nigerian household where like if if it's any sport at all, it's football. Mm. <laughs> if it's not football, then it's books. Your books, you are studying. Go and study your book. Go and face yeah. your books, sir. So how have you found, like, going from that type of environment to, like, being, going into a rugby environment where, like, you're immediately the minority or you're immediately the other? And there's not many people in that environment who kind of have your story or have, are from your background. The way, the way I sort of did it, or the way I have done it and the way I do it today, I sort of just keep myself to myself. Um, that's that's probably it really because they the things that often the things that they find enjoyable is not really what I find enjoyable or 
things that they find okay is not <laughs> things that I find okay. <laughs> let me not even talk. Let me not even talk too much. I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much on other people. But like, yeah, the things that they find enjoyable is just not the same. Like the banter is not the same. Like the music. All they love to do is complain about my music in the gym. Like um, just twenty four seven, just complaining, complaining. So like what <laughs> what I've just decided to do, or the way I go about it, is just keep myself to myself. Go out, play rugby, and do your thing. And then, you know what I mean, just keep like a, a good relationship. And cl- you're closer with some than others through, through different yeah. avenues. But like real closeness is tough to do when your coaches are so, so separate. Even though some you do talk to sometimes and they understand it, but understanding is different to living something. So um, that's, that was, that's really the divide. But I just, yeah, I just keep myself to myself. And, and what you find is, what, or what I find is, if you're cold at something, people, people generally try and be like you rather than you having to fit into their space. Mm. So they feel uncomfortable in your space and then try and talk to you about, all right, have you heard Future's new album? Or, <laughs> Do you know them ones, bro? Like, or, oh, Burner Boy's so good. Like, them ones. So <laughs> that's, that's what they bring into the conversation. I'm not like... I just keep myself to myself. I'm not talking to you about Red Hot Chili Peppers, big man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's basically what happens. And that's what I've noticed. Like, so I just keep myself to myself. Just, and, and if you play well, people will try and, try and um, ingratiate themselves with, yourself, with you, innit? So. Well, one, one thing that I've, I've noticed about you is that um, people, people just tend to like you. Like, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> you don't actually have to do too much. People just tend to like you. People yeah, I'm a nice guy. Be around your, around your company. So. You know, it's people can, you know what I mean? People like good energy. I'm a happy, nice guy. All right, so I want to hit you with a couple, a couple words and I want your immediate response to them. One word, preferably. One word, preferably. Um, now, is this an association game, right? No, no, no. So you just say, I'm going to so say like um, rugby, then the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay, cool. You ready? Yeah, I got you. Bro. All right. Chelsea. Great. Arsenal. Shit. Bath. Amazing. Saracens. Dead. Kocha. <laughs> Great. Carnu. Hero. Lampard. Legend. Terry. Racist. <laughs> Fair play. Um, well, obviously, you, there were a number of Chelsea players in that and the football club Chelsea, obviously a big Chelsea fan. Like, growing up not too far from Chelsea, like, what's your relationship with the club? Like, how do you, what's, what, what does Chelsea mean to you? Do you know what, like, as I was younger, Chelsea meant a lot. Like, uh, I remember I used to cry when they lose. Like, when Balak missed that penalty in the semi-final, I was bawling. Um, but as I got older, like, you realise you just have no influence on the outcome. Football's you messed know? up, bro. Football's messed up because yeah. I remember, like, like, I'm an Arsenal fan now, but... I was a much bigger Arsenal fan when I was like 13. Mm. Uh, I can't remember exactly how old I was, either 13 or 14. And Arsenal lost in the semi-final 
I think it was either FA Cup or Carling Cup to Liverpool. And I was in the boarding house at the time. And I went up to my room and I cried. <laughs> Honestly, it's mad that you can reduce tears for a football and team. And I was like, Arsenal have literally reduced me to tears. <laughs> I, from that day on, I promised myself I would never, ever cry again in my life because of football. Because mm. nah, that's messed up. I just have no influence over the outcome. And like, I think that's, what's ha- that's what... That's what rugby's kind of done to me in a sense that like when I now look at football, I'm just like, well, you can't do anything. All you can do is just like enjoy it for what it is and keep it moving. Um, that's why FPL used to ruin my weekend sometimes. But I, <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyone who follows you on social media, in particular Instagram, like will, will know about your captions. Like your captions are they're funny, they're wild, they're highly inappropriate a lot of the time. So I just thought I'll do what I find funny and like just make captions that I found funny and like so so people don't take it too seriously rather than rather than putting so much self importance on yourself. Um just do things that are funny, like and then just keep it moving that way. That's that's the way I've always perceived it really. Um, they are funny. <laughs> yeah, like, when, when you when you post, I don't even look at the photo. I just look at the captions. See what yeah, I have to switch up sometimes. I can't go too hard. Sometimes I pull it back. You know, my beloved Serena will kill me sometimes um, for some of them. So <laughs> I have to hold back on them sometimes. But fact, um, you know what? I think um, I'm gonna search your name now. And I'll read out some of your captions because I think people kind of need to <laughs> need to like get a get a proper gear of after this, I'll give you my top five captions. I'll put them on Instagram. I've got my top five captions. You got them. Well, I've got like my five favorite ones. Here's a picture of you. There's a picture of you um being hugged by Semessa Rokodoguni. And the caption is when you promised her madness, but you bust too quick. <laughs> oh, God. It's so true, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, what else? So, this is a picture of you, like, in stride, probably just about to go into contact. Um, the caption is Hammy's popping, arms popping, henceforth, call me Mary. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're good ones. So, obviously, we're in the middle of coronavirus, we're in the middle of quarantine, lockdown. Like, how has this whole situation affected you? How do you see it? Like, what, what's what's the ramifications on your life? It's affecting my pockets. It's affecting my pockets severely. Um, <laughs> you laugh, but it's not a joke. Like, it's actually severely affecting my pockets. Um, not a joke. Yeah, fam. You can't buy Burberry headscarves. You know what I mean? And you know what I mean when you're down twenty five percent. Like, fuck. Um, but other than that, like, I, I sort of. When they gave me this period, I sort of, like, I had work-ons. Unfortunately, my work-ons weren't, well, you have rugby-based work-ons, but my biggest work-on wasn't rugby-based. My biggest work-on was uh, body fat. 
So I sort of use this period if I've got a gym and I've got an assault bike, I, I fortunately have the the opportunity to address uh, and, yeah and control my whole environment now so yeah. i can control when i eat and how much i eat whilst you can't do that when you're playing rugby and you're in you can control every session every meal um the times you eat and how much you rest you can control everything so at the end of this so if you are working for two months you can really make a huge difference in those two months so that was like my main goal for this whole period um which i wouldn't have had otherwise so that's how i sort of looked at it more than anything um even though you know now you get closer to the england squad and coronavirus kicks in you know just another one you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the way it is isn't it and have you have you missed like being being with your teammates like training have you missed like playing or have you found it like a good time to reflect take it easy do I miss being with my teammates? Some, some of them. Like at times, I miss being with them. Because um, you've you've been by yourself pretty much. You you like for the whole for the whole like lockdown period. You've pretty much been by yourself, and you seem yeah. very happy by yourself. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm at peace, bro. You know, I'm at peace. I just keep praying every day. I'm at peace. Um, but yeah, I do I do miss them sometimes. Like we get on some Skype calls, and like when I banter with them, I'm like, oh yeah, I miss that. Like I was running today and I bumped into Yulzy. He was running the same session. So we just did it together, like social distancing, obviously, and just ran. Um, and it's actually quite nice to do that. Um, but do I say like I miss them? Um, if this continues for another month, I'll probably miss them. But yeah. um, at this point in time, probably not like a huge amount. Like, you know what I mean? I cope. Like how intimidating do you find it when you come up against me? How intimidating. Yeah. Uh, that's a joke thing, bro. I'm just seeing your big man respect me. <laughs> I'm just seeing you respect it, bro. What do you mean? What do you mean? Actually, I, I really enjoy it. I, I genuinely, like, look forward to it. Like, it's actually quite fun. And, like, you know when I played you the other day, I realised you're actually stronger than I thought. I was like, come on, <laughs> This scrawny brother is actually kind of strong. What was that? You made like one break, I think, from a rock, and I was coming round. Oh yeah, yeah. I was yeah. coming round to make, and then you would obviously broken a tackle when you're running. Yeah. I'm like jumping on this brother. I'm like, ooh, he's actually kind of strong. Like I think you took one more stride before you. I was like, oh, go on. So that actually surprised me, to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoy it. I love it. I love it actually. You're not intimidated. You're not taken aback. You're not. You don't like look for any other different kind of inspiration. Your preparation. No, Mario, you never carry directly into me, big man. That's why I can see it in your face. You're always trying to step. You're could... always trying to step or throw your dead dummy, and <laughs> but you're never looking at me dead in the eye, saying, "Ben's, let's go." Because you don't want I'm this. Ready. I'm you ready. Don't... Ah! <laughs> I'm ready, bro. You're ready. I'm ready. Like you want this, I, Mario. You don't want it. The thing is, like. You just, first of all, it kind of doesn't really make sense. But don't worry, next time. It, it, it doesn't. Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you why it doesn't make sense. Because, like, in sport, you have to look for for your 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 strengths. Like for you, like my reach, my length, it's just so easy to get away from you. So that's what I do. But don't worry. Next time we play, you you want this heat. You're gonna get this heat. 
Come direct. I beg you. I it's beg like, you. Come I've, direct. You know, what, you know what I'm gonna do to you? I'm gonna do two things. The first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna run straight at you. I'm gonna step straight at you. Pa, sit you on the ground. Ah! <laughs> the second thing. The second thing, because I know you're five foot tall. The second thing I'm gonna do, I'll run straight at you. Then I'll pretend to. I'll pretend as if I'm gonna bump you. Then I'll just jump straight over you. That'll be half of my CMJ. That won't even be I, anything. I, that's, that's calm. That's calm because I know, I know you won't, I know when it gets to it, I'll look you in the eye and you won't be there for it. You won't be there for it. Okay. Sure? Mario, you seen the work I've been mashing. People don't run direct into me, bro. You see the work I was mashing. All right, come, let's go. But in fairness, we probably won't play you next season anyway. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see it. We'll see. see. Things, things can change, you know. Things can change. We'll see. Um, but yeah. So you But on a serious note, like your team's preparation doesn't change. People don't ask you, oh, how can we do this? How can we do that to, against Mario? Like blah blah blah. It's all all the same. Business as usual. No, like, it, it, it does change. Um, ha, I don't know if I can actually divulge that information. But, um, like, of course it changes per, like, person. Because, like, some people are really good at things. Uh, you're really good in the lineup, um, Like, exceptional in the lineup. Therefore, um, it becomes important for us to try and affect your lineup. obviously. Um, I feel like that's that's the I feel like I feel like I have to get clearance before I can talk any more about that sort of subject. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just because you're right, bro, the outcome's not gonna change. Aye. The outcome's not gonna change, so it's all right. <laughs> you don't need to say too much. Hey, let me keep strong. Right, say no more. We won't play you next season, so don't mind. Well, no, we'll see. But let's wait for 2022, innit? We'll see, we'll see. Um I think I think that's it, really. I think that's it. Is there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything I want to talk about? Uh, anything you want to ask me? Yeah, like, um, when did you first get got? Since you asked me that question, I was like, when did you first get got? Other than Jacques Berger. Uh, in a game, more so. In a game. So my So the first time I realised that I was... I wasn't up to scratch. It was the very first senior game I played. So it, this was a pre-season game for Saracens. It was against Rotherham. Rotherham Titans. I watched it. It was a pre-season game it. against Rotherham Titans. So I was, I think I was 17 at the time. I was tall. I was skinny. I wasn't really that strong. Um, so it was just, like, I was obviously really excited, really looking forward to it. Um, but I was it was severely mismatched. I was like out of my depth from a physical point of view. And Rotherham, for anyone who knows about Rotherham, Rotherham aren't a flashy team. They aren't a, they're like DNA is just to be tough, growly forwards, like, like big kind of bully type mentality. So they obviously saw this skinny, skinny little kid running around and, um, at one point, like one of them, like really got in my face. I think I like tackled him or something. Uh, he like really got in my face, like tried to, and I was trying to like push back, <laughs> but I couldn't push back. <laughs> I was trying to like push back. I couldn't push back. 
then fortunately one of my teammates came out and was like, hey, get off me, blah, blah, blah. But you know, like obviously I wasn't backing down or anything. Mm. But like sometimes you just you just need to have the strengths to like yeah them. yeah yeah. <laughs> so I was like sugar like I am actually I'm I am not where I need to be. If, if people like if someone from Rotherham is is like de- like manhandling me like that, then nah, that's not that's not about it. So obviously I had to put in some work, get get strong and and like move forward. Um, but. Yeah, it's um, I, I, but to be honest, I'm very happy that early on in my career I came to that realization. Um, fortunately, I wasn't one of those guys who was like felt entitled about anything or or anything. Like, mm. I was, I, I learned pretty quickly when I first got into the environment that if I want to be the player that I think I can be and I know I can be, then. I have to have to put in that work, yeah. You know, putting that work. He's and, about you, isn't it? Yeah. About how much you want to get better. He shouted you out in his book and that. Who? Eddie. Hey, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie, that's what he said. He said like um, something about yeah, wanting to improve and that, um, which is actually quite. A, I feel like that's probably like one of the greatest traits anybody can have in it to want to improve. Yeah, yeah. All right, Benz. So I want you. I want to ask you a few questions here. So one one word responses. Uh, I call this section the best round. So I'm gonna say a characteristic job, and I want you to say who the best you think in that field is. So the best leader. Uh, this is all from like what I've seen on TV and stuff. I'd probably say Roy Keane. The best winner. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. The best rugby player? Marnoni. The best coach? I probably have to go with Arsene Miller. Come on. Best teammate? Anthony Watson. Best basketballer? Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) (laughs) I just love Kawhi. I love the way he is. That's my guy. The best brand? The best brand. Um, probably have to say uh, Rolex. Oh, yeah. I don't mind a Rolex. Yeah. I don't mind a Rolex. <laughs> and last one. The best Nigerian footballer. Hey. You know, there's only one guy that has a special place in my heart in Nigerian football. Who's that? Obafemi Martins. That's it, fam. Obafemi. I don't know why. I think it was because he was like small and like quick and just, I, I don't know. Obafemi Martins. I love him. Benno, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, greatly appreciated. You've been a superb guest. Much love, my bro. Thank you for having me. And uh, God bless, brother. Take it easy, bro. Thank you for listening. Please let me know what you think and what you are enjoying about Pearl Conversation.